Murder she wrote is that Angela Lansbury <laughs> killed her husband and that she's in hell. And her punishment is that she has to constantly relive murders of people that she knows. <laughs> it's actually a documentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, does, does anything else make any sense? No, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. It's like, like she is constantly around people who are being killed <laughs> horrifically, like just her. And it's. It's like in the no, hundreds. It's the, it's the town she lives in. Is, is very no, she's on around. She moves around. She, she's trying to outrun oh, this shit. demon that's cursed her. No, yeah, you're she's right. She's in hell. You're totally she's right. She's in hell, and her, she killed her husband. This is her Or she's punishment. in heaven, depending on how you look at it. Maybe she likes problems to solve. <laughs> I mean, it is murder she wrote. And she's getting richer. Yeah. There's another show my mom really likes Murder called Father Murder. Brown, which is like I've be- seen that. Which is a similar thing where he's just a <laughs> priest, but for some reason murders are constantly happening around him that he <laughs> needs to solve. Usually like serial murders, like three or four people are killed per episode. Yeah, and uh, I I <laughs> happen to love the show <laughs> Midsummer Murders, which is on Netflix, and it's this like genteel. It is oh, very Midsummer. Midsummer, yeah. yeah. It's very tongue in cheek. Like, they are very much aware of what's going on. And, like, the shows are, you know, English to a fault. It's like <laughs> the, the, the bell ringing competition of Midsummer County. It's, you know? Oh, like hum, you're late for yeah. tea. Yeah, it's like Toy Pig Breeders Association. <laughs> Murder, and the, the murders themselves are quite uh, grotesque. He and choked elaborate. to death on a doily. They're quite gothic. Exactly. <laughs> choked to death on a doily. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. She sighed so hard that her insides collapsed. Welcome to the show. Everybody. Yeah, right. by tea cozy. Yeah. Um. I mean, I guess we still do have an like. We could start from the beginning of the show no. now. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. I'm your host, Asher Lack. Wait. With me are my co-hosts, <laughs> Doctor Alan Sussman. Now's the time for your so. new. <laughs> <laughs> You failed. <laughs> the Honorable Sam Lazarus. Oh, hello. Oh, and our lawyer. <laughs> Please bail me out of jail when I need you. Raphael Ruttenberg, ESQ. You know anybody can bail you out. You don't need a lawyer to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about the Manchurian Candidate, 1962, John Frankenheimer, Conspiracy Urtext. I cannot believe that this movie came out before the fucking Kennedy assassination. This is bonkers. Or did it? why does school keep refusing to teach the time cube version of reality it's like this actually uh, came out simultaneously and two years before Kennedy was assassinated (laughs) (sighs) oh god holy shit I mean I don't know overall what were your initial impressions of this movie because initial like when I first started the movie no (laughs) 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 this will be a movie yeah (laughs) I'm surprised it's in black and white. <laughs> Why isn't it in black and red? Why are the credits at the beginning? <laughs> When's he going to start singing? I love his voice. <laughs> Frankie Blue Eyes. Give us a tune. Come on. Shake it up a little bit. This is a real downer. All right. So for Good those stuff. of you who have not seen this movie, it is about a communist programmed sleeper agent who's been brainwashed into assassinating a political figure. It was remade in 2004, six. which six, which is garbage with, is it Meryl Streep and who gives a so. shit? I feel like I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw it with my parents. Okay. I, I later went on to assassinate them. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked. Did, 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 did the remake, did the remakes actually have the same level of like upsetting family dynamics or do they... I think mm-hmm. that's still a little bit in there. It's tamped down pretty hard. It does not. There's no mother son makeout that, sesh. Well, there's no that like isolated. Is completely I nuts. hate I hate you, my mother. mother. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, fake father. Yeah, not my father. He's not my time. father. Yeah, because I had never seen this and I was surprised at that angle. Yeah, they really played that up hard. The incest vibes in this movie are fucked up. Yeah, um, this is a dysfunctional well, family. Angela, Angela to say the least. character in general is like really mm-hmm. intense and twisted. Yeah. Oh, her character is amazing in this movie. So before Raph was talking a bit about how this movie was 
made, or actually, I guess it was Alan. You were talking about how this movie was made because Frank Sinatra wanted it made. Well, also, it's interesting because this movie does parody McCarthyism, and UA, I believe, was Charlie Chaplin's studio, famously blacklisted by McCarthy. So, I probably that's not a coincidence that they're the ones who made this. Well, certainly that wouldn't be Charlie the Chaplin. There's a lot was of blacklisted reasons. by McCarthy. He was hit pretty hard by the by Huac. I don't know if he was blacklisted, but he ended up, you know, the last few years of his life. Were Who were some of the famous blacklisted people? Um, what's I know his this name? Is like a wrote? continuing. I don't know, like Hollywood lore, but I know this is like this continued for a long time, and like people still have like are sort of on the outs. Like I think Steven Spielberg, in some way. Like was was catching some flack because I think he sponsored the guy who did, I think maybe it was on the waterfront or it was there was somebody who was yeah, some snitches like he yeah, worked with some snitches exactly <laughs> yeah no it's an it's an ongoing thing I don't know it but it's pretty deep in Hollywood lore and also like there's a lot of screenplays I know Roman Holiday is one of them where they're like purportedly written by other famously blacklisted writers who couldn't get work under the name of some other writer. Um, you mean there's like a single writer that people used as a cover? No, 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 no. It was no. like, it's like, oh, Johnny, you know, needs work, but he can't get it. So let's get Joey to put his name on Johnny's Got script. And then, and then Dee Dee will get all the money. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Fucking A. Well, I don't know. What's you going to do? He's going to work on his fucking hot sauce, baby. It's, 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 it's spaghetti sauce. Spaghetti sauce. I got to learn more about the Ramones so I can follow you guys. All you need to know is... devolve into this shit. The Ramones were ridiculous reactionary idiots, but... Um, <laughs> who, like, they're the dumbest people you could ever well, that encounter. Well, part I got from Who somehow made, like, tons could. of great albums. Yeah, like, some of the greatest music of all time. And then died before the sort of, like... Not before they were appreciated. Before they could cash in on it. Yeah, exactly. Like when when they died, like Joey Ramone was still having his annual birthday party at CBGB, which is like a two hundred person venue. And you know, it smells like diarrhea. Yeah, exactly. Smelt. Yeah. All right. Now it smells like expensive. In my clothes. memory, it's, it's yeah. like, <laughs> they had the, they had the toilet behind the stage that was like <laughs> elevated, so you like you were sitting a, a, like at the, the level, like your ass is at the level of the band's heads. <laughs> I will they also say, used to broadcast CB sets live on Manhattan na- Neighborhood oh Network. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there was like a spe- yeah, there was like they had a show. They would broadcast CBGB live. Really? And you could yeah. see people with all kinds of nipple rings really? performing. Yeah. It was like the shit you Oh, wait, on TV? 90s. Yeah, TV? on MNN. Yeah. How did I not know that? You are, are not like a scumbag who watches public access at three in the morning. That's why. Yeah, I started smoking <laughs> drugs false. earlier than you did. So. <laughs> you didn't start watching public access in Manhattan earlier than I did. Probably not. I'm cutting that. Um, actually, uh, true Robert story Burr. that my underwear got stolen from the backstage at CB's while I was nice. on stage. Wait. I used Were you to, wearing it at the I ha- time? I was or? like, I had an no, old superstition that I would play without my underwear on, so I like left it backstage, and then I realized weeks later that I was like, oh, where did that underwear go? That might be on you, dude. Maybe. I think it probably got thrown out, not stolen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biohazard, and not the band. Oh, we got to close that, <laughs> not the band. We got, a re- we got a real biohazard this time, folks. It's like Abu Ghraib in here. Nope. Okay. Wow. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the joke didn't work because the timeline is wrong. I just think that... Again, you forsake your cube knowledge, Sam. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah you, you got the wrong idea about time. There's four <laughs> simultaneous days happening at any point. At a, on every day. And the fact that you don't know this is because your schools and teachers word murdered you. <laughs> so you're, we're dead right now, I guess. Oh, uh, I like the idea. It's like CBDB found your underwear and then like closed. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's over. This is fucking horrifying. Oh, that's what on a, on a, a nice feel good story um, is that I think it was Atomic Martini. You played there and it was my birthday and you dedicated a cover of Tiny Dancer to me. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it that was. was. That was really sweet. That and was there was that time you you uh, told you know everyone that I had this was later and you were like Uh-oh. my friend Raph wrote this song and it was like Tower of Song or something oh, like that God. and like all these people came up to me like that's really good song like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, yeah, I worked really hard on that. Holy shit. Yeah. I thought that this movie was made in the 70s as like a reaction to all of the political assassinations throughout the 60s. Wait, sort of is. So I was expecting, and I'm just going to say, there's a heavy like Kennedy assassination connection to this. This is the movie that Lee Harvey Oswald um, went to, he like went to the theater. You're shaking your head. Wait. It's apocryphal. Hang because on, hang it's on. It's apocryphal. This was That's the, what I've read. the movie that oh. was playing in the theater in Dallas when he was arrested? No, he went to go watch this movie. I had heard this and did not know it was apocryphal. Um, that he went to go wa- see this movie after he had finished killing Kennedy or whatever Sam's version of that, that is. Oh, I hadn't heard that exact story. But I've heard people say that the movie was taken out of theaters because of its connection to the assassination. And oh. that is apocryphal. That's oh. not true. It was taken out for other reasons. Well, th- this movie was taken out According, of theaters? Well, it had a short run. Yeah. Huh. Wait, but also... I read today that Sinatra, who's in this movie, uh, one of the main characters, um, wanted this movie made, wanted to be in it, and the studios wouldn't make it because it was too controversial. And so he went to his friend, uh, wait. Jack? Jack Jack Kennedy. Jack Fitzgerald. (laughs) All right, don't be a fuckface, Sam. We're trying to get an actual show done. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. JFK. Yeah, he went to his friend JFK. Yeah. Yeah, to to get it made. Yeah, right. while he was president. Yeah, yeah, right. And he so that called, would be pretty he insane. The head of UA. Wait, are you guys actually him. being serious? Yeah, it's totally yeah. true. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Because the yeah the head of UA was also the head of the finance committee or something. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. and so that's how. Yeah, that's how that happened. Wait, can we get that story clean? Because that is <laughs> fucking bananas. Yeah, Sinatra, who's in this movie, wanted wanted it to get made, uh, and UA wouldn't make it because it's, it's a very controversial movie. And so he went to his friend, JFK, uh, who was able to, uh, you know, use his sway with the head of UA, I think, who was okay. also the head of the finance committee. This is while JFK was president. Yeah. That's fucking... Cr- I mean, okay, this movie is crazy. That's incredible. <laughs> so if it's true that <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald was also sp- inspired by this movie to no, kill No, I don't JFK. think he was inspired. I think the oh, story he was just inspired. like he just went to go see a movie and it happened to be a movie mm-hmm. about... Someone assassinating a presidential candidate. He was arrested Mm. in a movie theater, but this wasn't the movie that was playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. What was the movie that was playing? I don't know. We could look that up. Fried Green Tomatoes? A a different movie about killing a president. It might have been like The Sound of Music. It was some, like, I think the movie was Cry of Battle and War is Hell. Wait, is that one movie? (laughs) No, those were two movies. This is a double feature. Double feature. But no one's going to look up. I don't get why people go to double features. That seems crazy. Well, there used to not be things at home, right? It was like, <laughs> yeah, you better have a good time going home and looking at the wall for six hours until you pass out from right. boredom. Well, rather be in the movie theater than talking to my wife. Yak yak. So <laughs> people talked back then. Yeah. Also, speaking of people talking, uh, what fucking accent? <laughs> the, the um, I don't even remember this. Oh, he's <laughs> South African. I. He's not. Shaw? Sa- He's Shaw. Lithuanian, born in, or grew up in South Africa. Um, How is this movie science fiction? Oh, How yeah, that's what I wanted okay, to start wait. with. So, so yeah. Let's, I have a lot to talk about there, so maybe we should do the thing you said we should do. Well, okay, so, so let's talk a little bit about where we're going to be going in today's episode. So I think, to me, I really wanted to talk a bit about conspiracy and like the anatomy of what makes a conspiracy theory, because this movie is kind of, I mean... A, pretty hard er text of modern conspiracy theories i would say yeah i know alan had some interesting stuff to say about that from back in the day um so let's see how that not goes really. oh awesome not interesting. over it no it's just not interesting um and how it i again like in my mind i thought this movie was from the 70s and i was sort of like like oh of course like this movie is a reaction to all of these assassinations and craziness in the 60s and it's like nope this hard precedes all of them we're also going to talk a little bit about MK Ultra and whatever stuff. Sam, what did you want to talk about today? It's adjacent to that stuff. Cool. Raph, you got anything? I'm just here to dick around. <laughs> nice. As usual. As always. I, I kind of wanted to get into like uh, the history, like how this fits in with like yeah, history. And this seems to be inspired by various ideas we had about communism and like how they were brainwashing people. Yeah. I've so like where, yeah, where that's coming from too cool all right so should we start with the premise of this movie because it's 
pretty fucking bonkers. Yeah, drop it. Okay, so so essentially, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, so basically the premise of the movie is about a group of soldiers who have been brainwashed, and the lead of those soldiers is a brainwashed assassin whose job it's going to be to kill a presidential candidate, right? I, I don't know, is that... Yeah. Yeah. He's not the leader of the soldiers. Isn't Sinatra his commanding officer? Yeah. Yeah, Sinatra is his commanding officer. It's Oh, really? Yeah. He's yeah. a sergeant, so he's not a grunt but he's not the commanding officer yeah so the movie basically takes us through these this platoon of soldiers in the korean war and they have some kind of an action where their plane is shot down or their plane isn't shot down they're they're grabbed they're grabbed by soviet troops and then brainwashed and made to believe that their plane was shot down and that they defeated some enemy like destroyed some enemy platoon and escaped with their lives heroically. Yeah, and put up one of the members of the platoon for the Medal of Honor. Right. For yeah. saving them all. Meanwhile, he's a sleeper agent. Yeah, meanwhile, he's a sleeper agent. And, you know, this sort of story trope has been recycled a lot of times. I think this is the first time it's used. I mean, it comes from a novel, so it's cert- the movie certainly isn't the first time that this idea entered the the zeitgeist and actually jfk was a big fan of the book right, right, right so so like it's not a new story at this point exactly but it might be for a wide audience i don't know how popular maybe the book a new story was. in film yeah i don't know if the book takes the ideas from somewhere previous but certainly the the media picture of brainwashing essentially comes from this movie or or the time that this movie came into being oh yeah and like again like if you think about sort of some of the experiments with behavioralism that psychologists were doing from i guess the end of the 19th century through i guess the late 70s is kind of when they closed the book on a lot of that stuff but this is like the height of that research and paranoia and as we're going to get into it like legitimate government tests with lsd and stuff legitimate is a strong word i mean (laughs) Fair enough. They legitimately occurred. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, should we do a deeper plot breakdown on I mean, this? I think it's not really important. The plot of the movie is kind of all over the place, I think, on purpose. Like, it feels like I read somewhere various factors, you know, conspired together huh, to make the movie feel like a nightmare. Like, it's supposed to feel, like, hmm. disjoint and, and nonsensical. Like, the scene where he meets the girl on the train, yeah. like, there's their conversation doesn't make any sense yeah their conversation is deranged yeah and it's maybe dry like the first on my first watching through that scene it's like okay they're just trying to be funny with each other or she's trying to be funny with him but he doesn't really get it because he's out of out of his mind at the moment let's give that scene a little bit of context is that like when the platoon gets back and they're all plagued by these insane nightmares not all not all but most of them frank sinatra a couple Two. Yeah. Really know about two. Yeah. But it's Sinatra it, it's and not crazy to assume the other ones are having those experiences too. Yeah, but they it might doesn't be. matter. Yeah. But He's Shaw isn't nightmares. Shaw Shaw isn't. That's yeah, right. the sleeper agent. Yeah. But anyway, so basically there's a scene where Sinatra is riding on a train after having been sort of plagued by these horrifying nightmares, and he starts a conversation and the like the woman that he has this conversation with is like acting like a normal human and he is just like a complete like sweating ape. I don't know. I yeah, didn't think it was then, that. I don't know. I didn't think it was. I, the thing that I thought was most crazy about that was just that she fell immediately in love with him. Yeah, she feels compelled to, to the him. point where I was like, "Is she? A, is she like a, you know, a, a spy?" Right. I think it, either there was a theory going around that she is, or in the book she is. Okay. This, you're not the first person to have that idea. She kind of acts like she might be a double agent. Because she's just so ridiculously in love with him and like just wants to basically marry him yeah. and spend the rest of her life with him after meeting him and talking like after basically like seeing him and seeing him like in a sweaty worst. mess. Yeah. Right? A sweaty yeah. <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> That's pretty yeah. good, yeah. Well, like it's it's crazy. And I mean I mean maybe that's the point, right? Is that you're supposed to have that, you know, idea in your mind, right? I went to my fiance and I said, no hard feelings, lover boy, but I'm breaking it off. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That is fucking insane. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that was right after Sinatra got like told his commanding officers about his dreams. Right. And they were like, uh, you need to take some time off basically. Yeah. So when, 
so essentially we start the movie with these guys in Korea. They come back, they're lauded as heroes, their their lives are kind of falling apart. I don't know what. I tried to not do a no, breakdown. No, I, no, I'm just thinking like it's funny. Well, it's just like take some time off, take this low stress position as DOD's spokesperson. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then he totally and, like, fails. The Secretary the of Defense is apparently this like completely fucking out of control oh, lunatic. That, yeah. like, you're an idiot, sir. You're a, yeah. you're a moron. Oh, you're I a big dumb that. asshole. I'll I remove your bodily not. from this hall. I will remove your ass from your face. <laughs> I forgot that he's not taking time off. He's, he's becoming yeah. like, yeah, press secretary, right? Yeah, they not put him in the press secretary. Yeah, they put him in the press secretary. But what is his press department? Role? The army press department. He's like an yeah. army PR like guy. Yeah. yeah, like Frank Sinatra is coming apart at the seams and they're like, you need to get out of this job and get into a normal job. Here you go. Talk to these reporters. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's like movie audiences were just more like credulous back then. Like they could just be like, here's something that happens. And everyone's like, oh, okay. Well, also they, they talk about it a bit in that meeting where they're like, oh, you're like, you're clearly traumatized. They don't use these words, but they, they're saying he has PTSD and he needs to get out of the context of, of battle. Right. So, you know, not being not being on a military base, working for civilians, you might think that that was a good plan. I don't know. I it's also obviously not a good plan, but but don't be totally like the head impossible. of PR. Well, we don't know that he's a head. It just reminded like he might me just be the guy that went to that. press conference. <laughs> mm-hmm. It reminded me of the fact that like basically from, from like 1948 through like. 1996 you could get any job in the world if you were just like a white man just like they they were like oh you're feeling bad you should be the ceo of this company all right good job see ya have a nice day you've got the old shell shock there frankie blue eyes (laughs) yeah exactly left out a a bit there i think there's some other requirements but that's a big one well what are the other requirements having well mafia connections yeah yeah. Yeah. Have it, talking, being able to talk to the president of the United States. To get yeah. A movie made. <laughs> Although, did you guys think Frank Sinatra was awesome in this? Or yeah, he's really, I thought he was really incredible. good. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty has solid. He, has he done like, other. He's been in a couple. Yeah, yeah, he had a few other movies. Well, I mean, he was in a movie called The Man with the Golden Arm where he played like a drummer and a, like a card dealer and a heroin addict, but I've never seen mm, it. Nice. It's supposed to be good. Oh, it goes in for edgy roles. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he was supposed to play D- Dirty Harry, but because he broke his wrist in this movie. He couldn't hold and fire a gun. I told you, we need, we need sound effects. Yeah. This episode Boy. is off the fucking rails. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Welcome to season two. <laughs> Welcome to season two. Yeah, Even we're more really... shambolic and incoherent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is yeah, it's a hard get... movie to kind of go through. Yeah, There's a lot of strange twists. Let's let's take a, a pause for a sec and just talk about fucking Angela Lansbury in this. Yeah, she rules. She, she is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she plays the sleeper cells mom who. Spoiler Sleeper alert! Agents, well. Turns out to be the like sort of mastermind of the whole thing. She's the like, American handler. See yeah. here, I sold you to the commies, but I didn't know it was going to be you. I thought it would be someone else in your unit. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, they they did this to get to me, but they'll never get to me. And then she kisses him on the mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, all that's super. That's a lot more Freudian or yeah. something. It is. In the, apparently, in the book, it's much more graphic and in depth. <laughs> I also. Read this up. There. <laughs> <laughs> Are you reading all these on the IMDb so, trivia? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the like, website I read was just stealing everything from the IMDb trivia. I did the, go to a couple sources, but uh, most okay. of this stuff comes yeah. from IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So should I try to I, coherently Alan, bring the plot of this fucking movie? I think we've done it. I, I, think, think, I don't think we need Alan more needs to come somewhere. clean that he Googled <laughs> kissing Angela Lansbury. <laughs> 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 Best what incest came up. porn. It's 1962. <laughs> I really... She's the almost the same age as Shaw in this and she does not she looks basically yeah. the same as she does in Murder She Wrote which feel, PS yeah, they could have yeah. they, they should have called this up. movie Assassination She Wrote that I actually wrote in my notes I was like was Angela Lansbury that was, ever that's pretty good was young. on the IMDb really jokes good. page no I thought of that two nights ago I've been waiting ever since I've been waiting did you write it down Assassination She Wrote I should have I was afraid I'd forget Manchuria She Wrote <laughs> murder oh god she this commanded also had some of like my favorite quotes murder like, she brainwashed <laughs> he's not a communist mother he's a republican yeah wait 
There were lots of uh, Abraham Lincoln busts and things. Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. There was hmm. there was a ton For, of Lincoln foreshadowing imagery. or foreskinning or something. Oh, like I that. didn't think of that. That's really smart. <laughs> foreskin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mother, give me back my foreskin. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, should I try to break the plot of this thing down, or are we you, just? I think yeah, I think we need done to, it. No, let's do a breakdown. Okay. So we're going to start with the breakdown. I vote for breakdown. Season two, I've already broken but I, down. I think we've... Okay. Okay, I mean, so you we, can go through the breakdown if you want. I think that we've... So honestly, we, like the first 30 minutes... We kind of got... We, 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 we do have... I don't yeah. think... I don't know how much detail we need to have. Like, what so, are you going to go through well, shot by shot? No, so it's sort of like Shaw, the sleeper agent, is like trying to live a normal life, kind of. And he's got all this like anxiety towards his mother, who's married to this guy who's like... Senator Iceland. He's basically McCarthy. He's basically Joe yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. Okay. So he's Joe McCarthy, and he's like, I, obviously, we see him grandstanding and accusing people of being communists and like making up numbers. That's yeah. my favorite part of the movie, <sighs> where he like says the number twice and it's different, and then they're like, "What was the number?" And he was like, mm, "I don't know. Don't keep asking me questions." <laughs> it's like I don't know. Whatever You're I said before. A lot of math for someone who says they're not a Rusky, <laughs> right? Yeah, but when was McCarthy? McCarthy was 57. in the fifties. Yeah. yeah. 57 so, so it's only McCarthy. five years later yeah so i yeah, think that i mean like my guess would be is that they're taking the piss at, at joe mccarthy yeah, totally. because he basically ransacked hollywood um you and know think, with the help uh, of ronald, ronald wilson reagan 666 um <laughs> he ransacked hollywood and just like put a lot of decent people out of jobs for no fucking reason well, he was also by this time already totally discredited yeah right so actually and it's funny you mention it this is hollywood having having a go at him it's interesting how they cho- choose to do that by making him into this like not even like a Macbeth character, but like this like total hapless schmuck who's like totally emasculated, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Even cuckolded by by Angela Lansbury. It's precious. <laughs> she does cheat on him with her son. Cuckold, <laughs> cuckoldry. <laughs> she wrote that little kiss. <laughs> well, <laughs> also cuckoldry. She cucked. <laughs> um, come on, it's murder. She cucked. All right, murder. She all right. murder. She cucked. <laughs> uh, she cucked. <laughs> um, do you know Oliver Willis on Twitter? No. Oh, okay. He's really good. His dad. Um, I can't remember recommending Twitter. Don't actually. I, never mind. <laughs> Twitter sucks. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> is a someone, fucking hell someone. Hell someone fucking wrote. Um, someone fucking wrote. Uh, you know, this is an underrated tweet on something I wrote. And I want to respond like, <laughs> like every single tweet is overrated. It's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no such thing that as is underrated. true. Everything I think is that overrated. Is true. Yeah. 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 Verifiable. The fact truth. that you're reading this is too too yeah. good. Fix <laughs> your <laughs> fucking life. <laughs> oh my God. Actually, one of my coworkers just left to work at Twitter, and she was like, "Apparently, people don't like Twitter that much." Like at like, Twitter, yeah. or like in the rest of the world? No, no, no in the rest of the world. Oh. Where does the um? The love interest daughter whose name escapes and where does she get that card costume from and is that part of the conspiracy? I think it I think is. It's coincidence. No, no it's, coincidence. it's totally coincidence. What? Yeah, because I think it's uh, because like well, hang wait, on. Wait, can yeah, we this explain? Is, yeah. This is insane. Okay, so Let's get to that. So Raymond Shaw's mother, played by Angela Lansbury. Nobody loves Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but everybody says they love Raymond. He's the kindest, gentlest, most sexual man I've ever had sex with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so angela lansbury's husband who is not raymond shaw her son's father he's his stepfather is like a mccarthy-esque shitty senator who's like grandstanding on television like interrupting people and acting like an idiot and actually to raf's point before that that hollywood was sort of you know uh Did you say hollywood no i didn't say, <laughs> damn it sam <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was it a joke. Sorry. I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Just mute us. You can do that, right? Mute the power. No, so basically I, I wanted to talk to you guys a bit about MK Ultra and like Okay, wait. Which is fucking bananas. Uh, before we get there, I want to say a couple things because I actually did some research this time. Yeah. Well because okay, the fact that this movie came out in nineteen sixty two a year before the Kennedy assassination, six years before Robert Kennedy is assassinated in a fucking remarkably similar set of circumstances is mind-blowing, right? I mean... Well, not if you think the CIA did it. And I don't know. It's like, sure, why not? I, I feel that way about all conspiracy theories. Like, 
I can kind of understand why someone would believe that. And I think that there's an underlying truth to almost every conspiracy theory in some sense. I think there's like a really fascinating irony underlying all of this, which I'd like to talk about for a second. Yeah. If you guys will indulge me, please. So I was reading this article in the Smithsonian magazine about this movie specifically and the history of brainwashing in American culture and so smart. I read an article about this. <laughs> wow. I didn't write the article. Smithsonian. Oh, yeah, Mr. Smithsonian. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me where okay. the Hope Diamond is. So here's the quote. I'm just going to skip straight to the first quote. Journalist Edward Hunter was the first to sound the alarm. They're talking about the idea of brainwashing. Brainwashing tactics forced Chinese into ranks of Communist Party, blared his headline in the Miami Daily News in September 1950. Turns out he was a CIA agent in the propaganda wing. Thank you. So what I wanted to say is the, mo- the interesting thing is there's some more quotes here later, but whatever. Um, MK Ultra was formed in response to the concept that there was a brainwashing gap. The idea that, nice. that there was brainwashing capability in other countries that the U.S. couldn't match. And so they started this MK Ultra project and other similar projects to try and build the technology that they had convinced the American people existed. There was actually no evidence of this kind of thing ever happening. They made it up out of whole cloth and then spent money propagandizing the American people to convince them this was a real thing. And then as a result of that, convinced themselves that it was a real thing and then decided that they had to build a thing that would combat it. And I would just like to say that the, the irony here is that the only actual real brainwashing that exists is propaganda. So they essentially, so essentially brainwash they brainwashed themselves. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's fun. So that hang on, because there's, there's a lot to unpack both in that. Yeah. And for listeners who don't know what MK Ultra was, it was a CIA program which ran from 1952, 53. It's kind of question mark till 1973 and the records were burned in 1973 most of the records yeah it didn't come to light until 1975 but there's there's a lot of it's it's sort of like a center point or a like a central sort of terminal of a lot of different conspiracy Giant. thought like passes through mk ultra because it was like a crazy long-lasting government program that employed a lot of very unsavory people. And like, you can go down. I I know I have like a bit of like Epstein brain over like the rabbit holes that I went down for this episode where it's like not literally Epstein brain. I don't know what that that phrase means. (laughs) Wait, do you guys not know what Epstein brain is? No. You like little girls? No. You want, to inseminate the world with your seat? I hate you guys. <laughs> Epstein brain is like shorthand for just like your your brain has been melted by like the connections between like powerful elite and like horrifying crimes. Like Jeffrey. So this is a new phrase that I haven't heard because. Yeah, because it's hot off the presses, right, baby. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. I just have a bit of like conspiracy brain from looking at these things where it's like, you know, like this doctor who was sponsored to this program by this guy. And then you like go on the Wikipedia for that guy. And it's like, that guy was involved in like an attempted assassination of uh, like Patrice Lumumba. And you're just like, oh shit. And it's like, <laughs> thankfully he was assassinated by some other guerrillas who were also founded by this or funded by the CIA. And you're just like, oh shit. So like, I think a lot of sort of covert shit passes through MK ultra, but like on its face, it was a mind control program that was about using LSD and trauma to shock people into sort of being blank slates so that you could reprogram them. Does that track with you guys? Is that sort of Sam? Yeah, is that your understanding? But, but it's, <laughs> it's just so broken. Like, because that was never a thing. Yeah. That it didn't. Like, so the, the whole idea came from uh, POWs coming back from Korea and like having, in fact, specifically having said these things that were false, like claiming that the U S army was, like air, dropping anthrax on North Korea or whatever, not specifically anthrax, but that kind of thing, which was not, or at least the record now suggests that that was not true. Um, so the question in po- sort of the public eye was how were they made to say these things? Right. And the answer they came up with was, was brainwashing. They being the CIA largely. 
And so here's another quote for you guys. For scientists who actually studied the American POWs once they returned from Korea, brainwashing was altogether less mysterious than the readily apparent outcome. The men had been tortured, which is what happened as a result of MKUltra is they used the things that they learned in MKUltra to torture torture people. people. Yeah. Yeah, And that's Naomi Klein's book, The Shock Doctrine, sort of unpacks that and is sort of like, okay, MKUltra was the jumping off point. And then it turned out that, like, you can't really use acid to do things to, like, you know, make a Manchurian candidate. What you can do is torture people into saying what you want them to say. Whatever it might be. And and act like they believe it. Yeah. And a famous victim of MKUltra, which is, like, sort of one that a lot of... Stephen Lack. (laughs) No, although I will say, like, family lore, because part of these experiments were going on at McGill a little before my dad was a student there. Not at McGill. Is it, is it? Yeah, no, no, no. There's no. there was one famous professor at McGill. Yeah, well, but it was, it was happening at Queen Victoria Hospital. Oh, fair enough. Queen Victoria Hospital. For those of you who have not been to Montreal, is across the street from the well, back entrance to McGill. Oh, it's no longer. It's somewhere else now. It's not a hospital anymore. Oh, fair enough. Um, but anyway, yeah. This this professor Daniel O'Heb, who is actually a professor of my dad's in college, which is mind blowing. He was associated with the guy at McGill who was doing some of these experiments. And my dad said that family lore was that one of our cousins who later threw himself from a train was like experimented on in some of these. I don't know if it's true or not. Probably I mean, it's not. I, the suggestions I've heard are that they were just taking people off the street, like random transients or like people that wouldn't be missed. I don't think subjects. so because the most famous sort of MK ultra experimentee is the Unabomber. Ted Kaczynski, when he was at Harvard, was the subject of a bunch of really intense. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, and that's that's like documented. There's, you know, wasn't Ken Kesey? There's Ken Kesey was peripherally involved. They were doing similar experiments. Right? Okay, but not direct. I don't think directly involved with MKUltra. The other fucking crazy bananas thing that I found out in sort of researching. So, and again, famously, like the kind of other place that conspiracy theorists love to go to with MK Ultra is that Sirhan Sirhan, who assassinated Robert Kennedy, was an MK Ultra, basically Manchurian candidate. And the reasoning behind that that a lot of conspiracy theorists point to, or like some of the evidence for that, is that George Plimpton was there the night that he was killed. George Clinton? George, yeah, Parliament <laughs> Funkadelic, Atomic Dog, baby. Um, George Plimpton, the founder of the Paris you Review. You play Atomic Dog backwards. It, it, it says kill, <laughs> or kill RFK. <laughs> he must die. Um, oh God, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this episode. Can you imagine like. Oh, can you imagine what? I don't know. Can you just imagine like, like you know, uh, oh. this like conspiracy, like you know kind of like uh like we're we're like a picture of us all like working on this conspiracy and we find a photo of like rfk the assassination and we like zoom in like enhance enhance it's like george clinton in like his full regalia he's like gotcha do you see what i'm seeing but yeah so so we were saying about george plimpton george plimpton was the founder of the paris review but it later turned out that that was funded surreptitiously by the CIA so that he could spy on American expat uh, intellectuals in the post-war era. So he was like a well-known sort of CIA operative type or like connected to. And he was there the night that uh, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. I'm shocked that the CIA is still allowed to exist. It's been decades that like all these crazy details have come out and they're like, no, but yeah, but we need an intelligence community. I mean, I had a student of mine say this, which was a really funny thing years ago. He was Iranian and I was talking to him about Hezbollah and he was like, well, like you don't understand that like to the Iranians, the Hezbollah is like the Iranian equivalent of the CIA. And I was like, yeah, except the CIA is not a, terrorist organization and he was like i don't know like they overthrow a lot of governments they torture people like they can quite a bit worse do bombings he was like what do you mean they're they're not a terrorist organization (laughs) way more effective than your typical terrorist organization also 
which yeah. is why they still exist. Yeah, which is why they yeah. still exist. If, if we if we lost and you know we someone got deposed or we, I mean, there's know. all kinds of examples where we lost, but it just hasn't. If we lost enough, affected yeah, us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If we lost enough for it to matter, yeah. I mean, probably some people whose names are familiar to us would be in front of the ICC, the Hague, George W. Bush from one Rumsfeld, uh, not George two. W. Bush. Sorry, George H. W. Bush for three. Both of them. <laughs> yeah. Please, I'm sure we could Kissinger. squeeze Barbara in there. Oh, Kissinger. Yeah, <laughs> like, Kissinger. No, no, but he's cool now because, uh, you know, he works with Facebook. <laughs> does he? Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what does he do with Facebook? Atlantic Council. Look it up. Oh, what? God. What he advises Facebook on really? content moderation. <laughs> oh, jeez. have less BDS and more Nazis. <laughs> what's his? Atlantic <laughs> Council. Look, look it up. Yeah, but what's his... Just to mix it up. Why is he qualified to do that? It's a very good question that you what just he, asked. Is he qualified, <laughs> to, do is he qualified to do because anything? Because he knows how to, you know, use words to undermine freedom. Oh, God. Yeah. So one of the things that you were talking about before, Sam, about sort of like the idea of putting a narrative into the world in advance of the actual events coming out so that the public's conception of the subsequent events that would happen would be shaped by this sort of prior narrative was really interesting to me in watching this movie um obviously this is this movie is a really good example of this because then all of a sudden we have like just a decade of assassinations i mean it's literally the the term for this kind of conspiracy theory is manchurian candidate right exactly and and so like what was shocking to me is that so similar to the Epstein conspiracy with Pizzagate and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's the other one? Fucking QAnon? QAnon, thank you. That's not another one, though. Right? Yeah, they're, they're sort of the same, but not entirely. Like, I don't know. Anyway, and I was sort of like, you know, there's a lot of people, when, when you dig down, there's a lot of people who talk about where QAnon and Pizzagate came from, and it was like, oh, they're from right-wing agitators in the first place who are connected to the intelligence community. Yeah, well, I mean, on its face. Like, the whole point is that Q is an intelligence operative, right? Like, that's his claim. Or, yeah, but or her claim. The people initially disseminating it also. No, but I mean, even in narrative. Right. Yeah. In canon and out. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. So the the way that those things have sort of served to muddy the waters of the Epstein conspiracy is fucking bonkers, right? So it's now like if anybody comes forward and is like, hey. I, Wait, <laughs> so you're saying QAnon was a false flag? Yeah, That's kind a of. pretty standard reading, I think. It's yeah. interesting. I mean, I just, you know, again, I'm... <laughs> I don't necessarily believe it, and, and it gets to the kind of broader point that Alan made to me once about conspiracy thought and conspiracy theories, which was just sort of like... So, I, okay, I just, I want to walk through this, because I, I like I liked that how this is all connecting. So, QAnon conspiracy, which hinges on a rogue intelligence agent or agents, cabal of agents, uh, trying to, uh, you know, expose a secret pedophilia ring... Which to any basic lizard person, like any like person with like a, you know, developmentally intact frontal cortex, Domino's pizza yeah, IQ is like yeah exactly is like this is obviously dumb and fake, and this is a, not a real right. intelligence person. What you're saying, and is you and you're, you're saying is this actually is uh, an intelligence like a, a, an an act of disinformation. Yeah, it's a psyop. from the intelligence sign up from the intelligence community. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite similar to this idea of brainwashing, right? The idea was to put out a narrative as a as a misdirect. And like it's not quite the same, but the argument would be that I don't think this is true, but I th- I think the argument that one might make is that the CIA was involved in a movement of children and possibly adults for sex work as a way as a way of funding similar to what happened with the Contras, right? Except it was drugs. And weapons. And weapons. Um, and in order to inure themselves against scrutiny, they came out with a ridiculous conspiracy theory that looked exactly like what they were actually doing, so that then if you try to say, look, they're doing the thing that people say, 
in, that happened with Pizzagate. They can be like, that's crazy. Pizzagate is a stupid conspiracy theory. Yeah, like take off your tinfoil hat, you fucking exactly. Dunce. Interesting. Is, that's literally what happened with the concept of brainwashing, right? If you believe the arguments that people make about you know, the Manchurian candidate, about well, no, I'm talking about Oswald now. And oh, so on. Oswald Sirhan Sirhan is like the more notable one because like. I, d- I don't know. I mean, we'll have to do a separate episode on the Kennedy assassination because it, to me, it's like. How will we do that? This is a podcast about sci-fi. I'm sure we'll find a way. We can watch like 112263 or some shit like that. Oh, good call. How was this a sci-fi movie? Oh, that's a very good question. Kennedy? And I have an answer because I've been struggling with it all week. I was like, why the fuck are we watching this movie? Not that, I mean, I really enjoyed it, but it's I didn't seem like sci-fi. The answer is because brain brainwashing is bullshit. It's not a thing. You can't make a sleeper agent. That's, you know, yeah. that's the conceit. Yeah, I mean, I think that this movie relies on a fundamental fictional conceit that is related to science. Right. And again, we didn't really talk at all about, like, the history of behavioral psychology or, like, you know, behavioralism, like B.F. Skinner. Oh, yeah, I looked up the two. They referenced two um, scientific papers yeah. during the brainwashing scene, which yeah. are two actual scientific papers. Huh. Um, and, you know, people always say, like, you can't be hypnotized to do something that, that you, don't you find do. morally reprehensible. Yeah. Apparently, it's not true. And the two studies that they reference in the scene to discount that idea are real studies and did, in fact, try to discount that idea. So there's some evidence that you can indeed hypnotize people to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. So, you know, I'm sort of counteracting what I just said about brainwashing being science fiction. Well, I think the the studies ultimately show that it's like intense trauma does allow you the opportunity to shift someone's perception of the world. Also, there are some people that are highly suggestive. Like all these studies that talk about hypnosis... They say, like quite directly, that they throw they throw out a bunch of candidates because they're not adequately hypnotizable. And again, this goes. It's like once you get into sort of some of these tentpole conspiracies, the the <laughs> thinking tentpole. behind it sort of reaches out or connects to kind of all of the other conspiracies because essentially what a conspiracy is is you see an intense event X. And you say there's no way that an intense event could occur without a huge amount of uh, preparation, thought, and people involved, right? So, like, you see something like a president getting assassinated or September 11th or, you know, Jeffrey Epstein or something like that. Exactly. And you say, like, there's no way that one person could actually enact that stuff. And for the most part, that's kind of a reasonable thing, right? But... I don't know, Alan. I, I think you s- summed it up fairly well. I mean, I think JFK is a, is a pretty good example of that, right? Although a lot of people argue that that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't the killer, right? Or but, the only killer. I mean, you both have a background in physics. I I think watching <laughs> the Zapruder film, it's pretty yeah, it's difficult pretty to disprove. Like he moves in the direction from which the bullet came. That is not possible. No, haven't you heard Newton's uh, sixth law? Expelliarmus. Right, but it's yeah. He's just one guy who just if it happened, who was okay. It's a bad example because maybe it didn't happen. But but anything (laughs) is sort of like people. Yeah, people are like, well, this crazy thing happened, and there must be a very complicated explanation, right? Right, Because in other words, it's there's a cognitive dissonance to to believe that a very an event that could have such huge implications has a very simple explanation. Yeah, except in that case the simple explanation is that there was a conspiracy well, and they acted, you know, immediately to cover up what actually happened and have been covering it up since. Well, in in so that let's forget case, about that example, but, yeah. But yeah, like and I would actually and here's the thing that I think all conspiracy sort of theory misses, which is that if you actually take it up a level sort of, I want to say higher than this. So everybody is arguing about sort of like the, what led to X event, right? So like if, if we're describing some intense event around which conspiracy theory will coalesce something like an assassination or a huge disaster, a bombing, whatever, right? So the birth of Akira. Exactly. (laughs) The, the entry of the zone. Yeah. Like if you take something like that, 
all of the sort of people on the ground who are arguing over, you know, like, can jet fuel melt steel beams or like, you know, whatever, who is the girl in the polka dot dress or all of the kind of these sort of side elements of it. Which is the polka dot dress? What is that? That's from the the Bobby Kennedy assassination. It's sort of like this weird red herring of some woman running in a polka dot dress in like the wrong direction or saying something that I don't know. Okay. You know, or the three tramps on Dealey Plaza. There's like, you know, the people who are arguing over all of these details or the names in Jeffrey Epstein's safe, whatever the details are that we're all kind of trying to explain these connections or trying to understand these things, the the bigger picture really is that there are people in positions of power who are in such an entrenched position of power that they can use the sort of sway of any event to their advantage. So while we're all arguing over, you know, can jet fuel melt steel beams or whatever, who the fuck was in building seven or whatever nonsense, you know, they're using, yeah, our, well, that's, and that's a small thing, but they're using our intense reaction to this to fucking, you know, start a war that they then have their own company rebuild the country that they blew up. I think those are separate things in large part. Like, particularly in, in the context of 9-11. But, I mean, although I guess you could argue that Tonkin Bay, those two things are the same. Yeah, I, I so guess... You're going meta-conspiracy. Exactly. The, it's the meta-conspiracy, which is basically the <laughs> ultimate conspiracy of rich, powerful people are in the position to benefit from all circumstances, whether or not they cause them. Uh, okay. Because the first thing you said seemed to be implying that they were... Okay, not cause, but either cause or taking advantage but, of. Exactly, it's it doesn't matter or whether crea- or not. But it's, okay, it just it sounded like you were saying that they were creating the conspiracy theory. Well, in in That's some of these cases, we were discussing that happened. before. But I think on a meta level, like you can sort of look at it and say. Again, and that's sort of an ex post facto trying to dig into all of these things. But on a larger scale, it's much more about the entrenched people who have unbelievable amounts of wealth and influence who just use intense circumstances. And this is sort of what Naomi Klein writes about in The Shock Doctrine. And one of the sort of interesting ideas behind MKUltra is that like when people experience trauma, you can use that to rewrite fundamental things about their directives. Right. So, again, they can use intense circumstances, whether or not they create them, to their own advantage. I mean, I think that's the real brainwashing, which is sort of the sad conclusion that I drew from watching this movie. Is like, it's so sensationalized, this idea that you could have a sleeper agent who's, like, hiding in plain sight and could, you know, get into anywhere and get out of anywhere. But, like, the reality is the real brainwashing is the way that we change the way we think about the world as a result of the culture that we're embedded in, Right. And that's not the CIA doing that. <laughs> <you> <laughs> no, know? that's good right. old fashioned capitalism, baby. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I, uh, anyway, I think that's much more interesting kind of is like, how can, how does our worldview shift over time through like the slow chipping away that propaganda does? That's much more interesting to me than this concept of a sleeper agent, a Manchurian candidate. Like it's so far fetched. And in fact, part of, the effort to slowly divert our 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 worldview. You know? So yeah. what's interesting to me is that it seems it, it seems like uh, conspiracy theories sort of track the same way that taste does, like the way that people have different tastes, like you know the thing we talk about all the time here with Pierre Bourdieu and distinction and how taste sort of lines up with people's own efforts to conform to a perceived social group that they're a part of. And that's something that they would sensibly say, okay, so this is like just, this is just how my taste is, is actually just something is sub, in some, somehow subconsciously directed or semi-consciously directed actually by their association with a certain group. And I think that's true of conspiracy theories too. This weird parallel to like tastes in art or movies or whatever, you know, you have taste in conspiracy theories. And Definitely. So, so there's like, you know, you there's the Asher real like. You as one. People. Yeah. And so you have like the real like day class A conspiracy theories, like stuff with the Illuminati, which is very, frankly, very unintellectual and childish. It's extremely simple minded. Yes. Idiotic. Yeah. And the QAnon stuff is also very childish and foolish. And then you have like the higher order or I guess like the more sophisticated conspiracy theories stuff that we're that is ping ponging around. Um, 
in here. But um, what's interesting to me is that... Um, <laughs> it's interesting to you because it's such a character-defining thing where it's like, I don't believe that vaccines cause autism, but I do believe that like pedophiles run the government. And that shows you what kind of person... I'm self-identifying as like a nerd or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Raph, is that... What, what, this, what this shows to me is that you know, there's no need for conspiracy because ideology takes the place, as Sam was saying, right. ideology takes the place of conspiracy, is that we, we, we build the world for ourselves to live in, that, you know, I mean, we create these, these kinds of phantasms, but also we also accept certain things as being true without, unquestioningly, and, like, we, we create a world, I don't know, whatever. I got it. Yeah. There's a good cut point in there. That's a smart point. <laughs> the, I think the point that I was taking from that was more like people who believe conspiracy theories think that they're like believing in something that's true, obviously. But if they took a step back and looked at it, they would realize this is something that is this is something that's like defined by my social group the same way taste is. I think that's not yeah. what you're yeah. saying. I mean, that is absolutely what Raph's saying. That's, right? exa- okay. that, that's exactly what I'm okay. saying. And yeah, to me that that's interesting because what it signifies is that you know uh, to some degree like these are these are this this is not just like a, a purely rational way to try to like you know understand events. I mean, like even if you just take it at face value, that you're tr- using this to try and understand events. Like you're, you're and and I think that there's some questionable utility about conspiracy theories. I think that the big factor in conspiracy theories is the idea that we like to tell stories also gets into one of my like pet areas which is like that we live in this disenchanted world and we're looking for some kind of mystery or awe in the world and so we tend to have this tendency to believe things which are heightened or exaggerated versions of the world that we know so we have this tendency towards that but really i mean like at the base of all of this is different idea is ideologies and that's like these lies about the world around us that we tell ourselves that we that we have grow up with and we live with and uh, that is just what conspiracy theories are, is an outgrowth of our ideology. Yeah. And even the tendency to not believe any conspiracy theory is yeah. ideological, right? You mean yeah. skepticism? Like, like to be like completely skeptical of any conspiracy theory. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but the skepticism cuts different ways. Like, I think that you have the skepticism towards the conventional wisdom, which is what, uh, you know, promotes a conspiracy mindset, but also like the kind of like anti-conspiratorial skepticism, which says, okay, I'm skeptical about that. The existence of any of these conspiracy theories, you know, people would just say like Occam's razor, you know, whatever, you know, whatever is being is, is, you know, is the simplest explanation is probably the right one. Cool. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting to think about it in terms of like skepticism. Like, does all this have to do with, with taking skepticism too far or something? What's happening? It's nine eleven. Oh, almost happy birthday! Almost your birthday! What yeah. do you do, Alan? Alan, never well, I went to a spa that. yesterday, which will be my endorsement. But it's not your birthday yet. <laughs> my birthday, I'm not going to do anything. And then, uh, yeah, the night after, I'm going to dinner with Vivian. I'm not sure when. Where? Where? where yeah. Mm. Also, not sure when. Go to Nobu. Could be. Nobu. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll have dinner. I don't think that's there noon. anymore, Sam. Yeah, Wait, no, what? Nobu's not. Yeah, it's still there. And it's not in Tribeca where it used to be. I mean, it was there like a year ago when I walked by. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> you should treat yourself. Go to the Olive Garden in Times Square. <laughs> 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 unlimited breadsticks, baby. Oh, seriously? Don't, don't <laughs> they always have unlimited breadsticks? Okay, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we, do, we should do an episode where we go. They always, they always the cut me off with the breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> we should record live at the Olive Garden. I think we should do the Olive That's brilliant. <laughs> oh fucking hey welcome back season two baby yeah it's beautiful oh we did it so my feeling about this is sort of skepticism might be part of the culprit here i have an idea that maybe is not that relevant but raf you've talked about this too about how uh about how basically in the absence of complete knowledge like some people will say well i just don't know and, and you can still say something, even though you don't have complete knowledge. Other people will take shreds of evidence and use it to define a whole theory, right? And to say, this is what really happened. I think that this actually has to do with like a, a limitation of our language. Like, I think that it would be good if we could say things like, 
I feel like there's a 10% chance that this is true or something like that. <laughs> I right? have seen evidence, but, but, but it has not yet convinced me. Or not even that. We're in a constant state of uncertainty about lots of things, but we, we have no way of talking about things in that way at all. It's like either we believe one thing is true, we believe another thing, or we're not sure. We have That's a middle most ground. of the way. And, but we have a middle ground, but the middle ground is like there's no difference between like 50% sureness and 99% sureness right or which almost 1%. like though like it's necessarily <laughs> subjective like you have to draw a line somewhere and it has to be a subjective line yeah i mean right. so yeah like because language, of our language language I like so much else of, of our of our human situation uh struggles to to adequately deal with the limits of our subject of our subjectivity when we are facing what we aspire to, which is objectivity. Like we're sort of cursed as a species in a way, cursed and blessed to have a comprehension that there is objectivity. We're the observers of the universe. Like there's some fantastic Carl Sagan quote about this, like, you know, but I don't remember it right now because I don't remember anything. If you want to make an apple pie from scratch, you first must create the universe. I don't think that's not quote (laughs) what he was going for. But this idea that, you know, we are the observers that we, are the universe for the universe understanding itself and mm-hmm. uh, we are li- very very limited in our ability to do that and not just some of us all of us are so yeah right language is not a good vehicle for this like because we have um in some way the ability to comprehend something beyond what we can express adequately but and we're, we're sort of trapped in not being able to either fully comprehend that and also not fully uh elucidate it so alan's right i think i agree yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and this Fuck definitely yeah. is, and, uh, it, it, and it messes with our heads, I think, right? Like, and that's why some people are just likely to take small shreds of evidence and say this is, yeah, you know, this is this is what's really true. Other people, you know, go the other way because it's it's hard. It's hard just with the with our language to to have to be in a middle ground and also to think about shades of gray in the middle ground. Like, what's the difference between like a fifty percent? That's cha- the you know, real point. Belie- yeah, believing something you know, having 50% belief and 95% belief in something like there's no, there's no real language for it, you know, but th- those are incredibly big differences in the way we, that we think. Yeah. About I things. think that's sort of the hole in our, in our psychic armor that propaganda and all this stuff jumps through. Right. It's like first, first you create doubt and then you jump through that that window that got opened Mm -hmm. based on the doubt and then you say like oh now this is the truth that you believe yeah yeah so should we throw it to endorsements for reals you guys uh arco cafe on uh i guess that's columbus up there in like the 107 region thereabouts sardinian restaurant and it is my favorite my favorite restaurant in the city really by far yeah it's just like simple italian food but you know sardinia is all about i mean i guess it's sort of all over italy but like they don't really use seasoning it's just like the food itself is the seasoning yeah and uh god damn is it fucking delicious so arco cafe it's great you should check it out alan alan what do you got yeah i'm gonna uh, endorse a uh, sojo spa which is uh in new jersey um which I went to for my birthday. Um, it's it's really nice. Uh, there's a shuttle from New York, so like it's and it's like fifth, sixty-five bucks on the weekends, and you can spend the entire day there basically. So yeah, um, it's sort of like partially Korean style spa, but there's some Japanese stuff too, and some more like Western stuff. Very modern. So you're allowed to have tattoos. You're allowed to have tattoos, but you walk around everywhere in a robe. Like everyone looks like uh, they're in a cult. Nice. Um, and yeah, they have like a million different saunas and baths, and like it's really, it's really big. It's like modern and clean. It's 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 awesome. Is it co-ed in the steam rooms and that kind of stuff? Yeah, most of it's co-ed, but there are like non-co-ed parts too. Do you wear a bathing suit? Yeah, you wear a bathing suit. Yeah, cool. Are you required to wear a bathing suit? Yeah, I think so. All right, my <laughs> um, endorsement is the autobiography of Malcolm X, which I just finished oh, reading. So good. It's really good, and um, it's it, it context of assassinations. It's interesting. Boom. Yeah, but, but they also, don't talk about that in the book, right? <laughs> uh, no, Alex Haley does, but he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, no, he does actually talk about that uh, quite a bit, as a matter of Alex fact. Alex Haley does. No, yeah. Malcolm X talks about his assassination quite a bit. 
Yeah, he what? he was very cognizant book. of the fact yeah, that he, he would like, probably the, meet the a violent The first line end. of the book is like, I don't think I'm going to be alive to see this printed. Really? Yeah. yeah. Remember right. that? Yeah, oh, he talks about cool. it all the time. That's crazy um, shit. Yeah, wow. there's some fun stuff in there. There's the... Um, his stories from when he was a hustler were really good. Yeah. Like the, uh, you know, the, the, he was like the, the procurer of like specialty, you know, like uh, prostitutes and stuff like that. He talks about someone he knew who like got paid to just pour talcum powder over some rich white guy who was jacking off. That's like, yeah. Fun stuff. My endorsement this week is, <laughs> are you guys ready for this? You're going to fucking I'm not. flip your I'm shit not out. Ready. Okay. It's I'm 1999 in movies. Like, I think that 1999 might be one of the best years. So, it's 2019 oh, right now. Oh, you're saying movies from 1999. Yeah, movies from general. 1999. 1999 might be one of the best years in American cinematic history. The Matrix? The Matrix, Fight Club, Election. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fuck, now I'm like blanking. Uh, Ten Fifth Things Element? I Hate About You. What? I think Fifth no. Element was 97. No, no. Oh, okay. Ten things I hate about you is not from ninety nine. Yeah, it was. Look it up. Really? Yeah, it's the the list goes on and on and on, and I'm I'm not even like Breakfast naming Club, some of the ugh, Pretty in Pink, Dickhead Sam, the Zapruder <laughs> film, Citizen Kane. Yeah. yeah, my recommendation is nineteen ninety nine in movies. Like, go watch a movie from nineteen ninety nine. There were so many great ones. How does one find a movie from nineteen ninety nine? Go look up on Wikipedia nineteen ninety nine in movies. So that'll do it, gang. Thanks All so right. much for tuning in. Season two premiere. We did it. We did it. We did whoop, whoop. it. Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh-huh. I'm at Asher Lack. At Highly Affiligent. At Highly Affiligent. At Have a Cool Penis. <laughs> Sam is at Case of Piles. And you can follow the show at Robot House Pod. And it's spelled H A U S. You can also follow us all on Instagram, except Raph. I think under our shouldn't. own. Wait, names. you guys have Instagrams? I have Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have Instagram. What do you post on there? Name. Food stuff? Like porn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I usually yeah. post dick pics. Very <laughs> tasteful. Other Sonic people's the porn or your own porn? <laughs> do you know how much Garfield porn people have been posting on Twitter since we joked about it on the podcast? I know it's completely unrelated, but like. Ah, that makes me so happy. It makes That's me just, kind of mad. It's just a it's like proof good of stuff. my theory that you're all figments of my imagination. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Can I just say, Asher, that literally every time you say Robot House Pod spelled h-a-u-s i'm worried that people will think that it's at h-a-u-s cool <laughs> um, i just had to say that okay our <laughs> listeners are dumb as dogs <laughs> yeah our, <laughs> listener, no, our humans, listeners humans. have a hard time standing up without falling over uh until <laughs> next time that's who we're targeting uh, <laughs> dumbest of the dumb yeah. the if you can't stand up hey dummy yeah try and, give us some money. try and keep upright yeah you can you can donate to our Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash uh, at defundharvard. And um, until next Harvard, time, guys. Wow. Fine, I'm fine with that. I support right. that. Let's yeah. shoot for See the moon. Let's <laughs> <All right. laughs> Wait, defund Bye. Ivies. Oh, God.